Your radio target is locked, and you have reached Strike Point. Webmaster Radio stretches its microphones across the Atlantic to bring you Strike Point. Our expert and informative hosts will attack the search industry from Europe to the Americas and beyond. And now, WebmasterRadio.fm presents Strike Point. <laughs> Welcome to StrikePoint. We are live again for, I think, the third week in a row almost. And today, uh, listening to Miguel de Mipsvensen, and with me I have Andy Akins-Kruger. Welcome, Andy. Hi, Michael. How are you? I'm so- I'm good. Uh, I'm sorry we're a little bit delayed with the show today. I think Andy got caught up in an elevator in London or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't supposed to tell people about the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> We're, we're we have the, the te- yeah, go on. We have the technology. We have the technology. We know how to make lifts work, <laughs> except for the elevators. Yeah. Anyway, uh, how was your week? Good, thank you. Yeah, it's been busy. Uh, we've been doing yep. a lot of work on uh, things like Webmaster Central, Webmaster Tools, rather, which uh, is something we may may be talking about. Yeah. That sounds yep. interesting. And um, we're also going to talk a little bit about a subject that both you and I have uh, been um, dealing a lot with lately and also had some uh, good sessions about how to prioritize um, your work with SEO yeah. and any kind of yeah. search marketing, really. Because you and I have uh, a little bit of an overlapping uh, um, strategy or, or, or method um, yeah. in, in Prioritizing that, I think that would be interesting for our listeners to to learn a little bit about. Um, yeah. If we have time, I also want to add a little bit of things in it, a little bit of thinking that I've been doing lately, or maybe it's just a different way of approaching link building on a, on a strategy level. But um, let's just um, jump into it. Um, okay. Yeah, we're both going to. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know if you heard, but uh, I got uh, I got into some problems with. Yeah, it's a long story. I always run into problems with uh, the American uh, visa authorities and stuff. So, unfortunately, I won't be able to make it to New York. Um, that's because they know who you are. It, yeah, I'm afraid of that. <laughs> I was, you know, I was I was betting that either it, it was because I'm really stupid and can't work out the, the new online systems for verifying things, or it's because they don't like me. <laughs> it could... It, I, I, I'm, I'm actually gambling on the first one. <laughs> yeah. Technology, know. yeah. Mm. At least my yeah. problems only with lifts or elevators. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot easier to deal with. But anyway, we had uh, the same session in um, at SMX uh, London earlier this year, yeah. and where we talked a lot about how to prioritize uh, your efforts in in search marketing. Um, yeah, well, I, I think I think one of the things that that we we probably ought to say about this is that. You and I have a, a different, a slightly different approach to how you make prioritization decisions. But I think what we both agree on is that not enough people actually think about what the priorities are. They dive in and just do yeah. you know, whatever is on the list. And that, yeah. that in something like SEO, it's really important to, um, you know, to focus on the things that are going to make the biggest difference. Plus, it's 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 a case of I mean, focusing on the things that will make the biggest difference that are feasible, 
as opposed to trying to do things that you'll never get anywhere with. Um, yeah. Therefore, they can't possibly make a difference. Yeah. And I also, I mean, I, 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 you know, the way that I see it working mostly with the organic side of it is that exactly like you say that um, the idea for, 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 for this topic came up after the many conferences I've, I've been to and people learn a lot of things on these conferences and especially the big one where you have like two or three tracks going on for two or three or even four days. People are filled up with information. In one session, they say, oh, you should focus so much on social. You should do all this. And then they focus on how to automate social. And then they focus about how to get rid of uh, duplicate content and how to optimize URLs and how to optimize content and how to optimize links and how to do all this. And and they get all this information and, and they don't know where to start and they don't know where to end. And then, as you say, they, they just jump into you know whatever seems you know, most important or, you know, most relevant or whatever. And, and they don't really have any, any objective uh, uh, mythology of, of, of deciding where to start and where to end. And that's um, what both you and I, but with a little bit of a different angle to it, um, have, um, have yeah. looked into. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I actually remember the first uh, major conference I went to, which was in 2003, a bit later than, than you. And um, I remember being so excited that it was like I was on crack. <laughs> this conference with all this information and, you know, I was buzzing around. I was trying to do all of the tracks, you know. I would go into one session and try and get as much from that as I could. And then before that ended, I'd go into the one next door and try and get as much from that one. And, of course, after I got back to the office, I thought, shoot, where do I start? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And, and the thing is about, I mean, I love the conferences and the format of the sessions where you have one session, you know, for each topic and you are you totally focused on that session. But, but you know, there is a missing link in, in, in the fact that, that on that session, everybody is just arguing about that particular topic and how important that is. It's yeah. very rare that within a session, and, mm -hmm. and it's, it's okay because the sessions are short, very rare that that is put into perspective. You know, how, how important is this really uh, if you compare to, um, to 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 other things, you also have to do. But a good starting yeah. point, um, if 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 some of you listeners out there don't know this, you should uh, go and do a search for the period the periodic table of SEO. If you do a search for that, you should find the the top websites being. Uh, I think it's on Search Engine Land. I think yeah. it is mm -hmm. um, yeah. a chart. It's made up like a periodic table. So do that search now. Periodic table of SEO, and you should find that it's a big uh, a graphical file, and and it really, it's it's they're taking all the, at least the most important factors of SEO and put it into a very structured format, uh, with 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 on-site optimization and off-site optimization, and all the different factors also have a a value, so you can see how much of an impact each factor have on on the final results, but of course. As you probably always already know by now, uh, SEO is all about getting as many of the factors optimized as much as possible because it's the combined scoring of everything you do that that um, that gives you the final uh, authority and, and, and possibility rank. Actually, but it's a really actually, good starting point. Yeah, yeah, I would add to, I would add to that, Mikkel. When you say that it's important to get uh, as many points from each of the different aspects of SEO. I think actually one aspect that's uh, significant, especially for people that are looking to the longer term, is making sure that you've got as many bases covered as you possibly can because you don't know how things are going to shift. So if you yeah. rely on one aspect, that's of 
pretty dangerous strategy because you might get lost in yeah. the woods. Yeah, that's another good point. Um, but what I like to do um, from the purely organic side, and I know you extended a little bit into a broader marketing uh, aspect, but what I like to do from a pure uh, organic uh, side is to basically, you know, and you can do that when you're home from a conference, you know, put down all the different things you learned that you should do, plus all the things you all, you know, that you need to do. Put it into a spreadsheet, just one line for each item, and you're probably going to end up with, I don't know, maybe 20, 30, 50, 60, maybe even more individual items or things that would be good to do. Uh, what I then do is I first divide it into must-haves and nice-to-haves. So basically, I go through all these different – and that's exactly the same thing when I do a site audit for, for a new customer or an existing customer with a new website – we do these audits and we have this, of course, this template list of things that we know we have to look at. And, and every single point, can you, we, we start out with just assigning red, green or yellow. So the green ones are the ones that are perfect, that we don't need to do anything you know, with. And, um, and, the yellow, and, and the yellow ones are the nice to have. Those are the things that you know, we can always you know, improve a little bit. And the red ones are the must-haves. So then you end up with a list where you have hopefully some things where you don't need to do anything because it's already perfect and you have something that you need to do something with now because if you don't fix it, then everything else you do uh, is not going to work. And then you have a lot of nice to have the, the yellow ones in the middle that you know you can, you can improve but you know, you've got to prioritize that. But just giving that very rough prioritizing prioritization in, in what you have to do now and what you can wait to do later is very important because very often when I, when, when I, when I work with a new client, they have already begun. Maybe, maybe they heard about link building and they started doing link building. But then I look at their website and say, hey, there's something seriously wrong with your site architecture or maybe your content is, is, is not really uh, good. Maybe you have a lot of duplicate content. Maybe you have areas of your website that have really good content but you have put it behind a form or it's password protected or you know something you know that really seriously limit the search engines in getting access and understanding uh, uh, your content and and if you don't fix that to begin with then doing all that link building doesn't help you anything so mm. so trying to figure that out first i, I like so we, we've also got um Sergio Giuliano at Sergio Giuliano on uh, Twitter, who's saying to us, "It would be nice to share the way we calculate the weight for each different SEO factor." So, yeah. uh, w what I would say to that is that um, you can try calculating the weight of different SEO factors precisely, but you can never actually get the precise answer. So, it's much better in my opinion, to group them into the most important, the medium important, the less important, which is effectively what you're doing with your traffic yeah. lights, Mikkel, isn't it? With the red, yeah. green and, and yellow yeah. or amber, as we call it here. And we use exactly the same system of traffic lights to, to group things into priorities. The difference between Mikkel's method and the method that I use is that I have this, uh, it's actually based on an impact effort matrix. So it's the degree of impact you think you're going to get from something on one axis versus on the other axis, the amount of effort it will take. And the reason that I like this particular scheme is that it's great for workshops with the IT team, with the production team, with uh, the marketing and with the marketing folks. And you can get everyone to sort of agree what the degree of effort is behind a particular, um, you know, uh, task. And what yeah. that means is that when you go away from the meeting, you know what you're going to do. 
And when when the teams say, well, we haven't got the we haven't got the resources to do that, you say, well, you said in the workshop that that was easy to do and you could do it in a week. So we need to get that delivered. So it, it, the whole thing yeah. is is as much about the practicalities of getting things done. Um, yeah. In 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 more or less the right order than it is about worrying about the detail of whether page titles are more important than H1 uh, references or uh, you know the hierarchy or whatever it is. It's 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 kind of putting your own ranking to it, and it's fairly obvious which things are more important than others on a high, medium, low basis, and that's as far as I'm concerned, the most important thing to stick with. I totally agree, and and the reason I like to have this red yellow green to begin with is that <clears throat> for for a lot of websites i wouldn't say all of the websites that, that i look at but for the majority of websites i look at there are some what i would call must-haves there's some serious issues that needs to be um uh, uh, managed uh on large websites we always see a ton of duplicate content and and unless they fix that they're going to continue having problems with correct indexing and 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 correct uh, um prioritization of, of, of pages uh, for, for, for different rankings, for different keywords. And, you know, they, they, those kind of things you just need to, to fix. And also, of course, in these uh, post-Panda days, uh, I'm dealing with a lot of websites, especially web shops, I would say, and, and single product sites, where the content they have on pages, also in travel industry, of course, that the content they have on the individual pages are just not living up to the standards that Google requires anymore. And maybe the yeah. content they have was good enough five years ago. You know, maybe it wasn't perfect, but it was good enough to give them rankings and keep the indexing. But then suddenly they see that their site is dropping out and, you know, it's just not ranking the, the way it used to. And, and very often it's because of, of really, really poor content. And, it doesn't matter how much link they build. It doesn't matter, yeah. you know, how social they get, you know, or whatever yeah. other factors they work on. Unless they fix this content issue, they're not going to get any results. So that's why I like to have these red, yellow, green things, you know. Yeah. Um, because on, on, the second, on the second level of the system that I use, we look into um, prioritizing all the yellow issues. Because usually for a site, there's, there's most of, of the yellow issues, things that are nice to have think that could get improved. You can always get more links or get more social or get more content. You know, all the things you can always get more, but then the question becomes what, how to prioritize that. Um, yeah. I think uh, we may be getting close to the time where we should uh, introduce our sponsors and then we can get um, back to the second part of the prioritization, the more detailed one. So um, if you just stay with us for a couple of minutes and welcome our sponsors that are keeping this show live. We will be back. Just Sit tight and don't move. Strike point. We'll be back after this short break. Only on webmasterradio.fm. <laughs> oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, 
I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Ever wondered how you could have access to your own SEO expert, paid search specialist, or social media wizard? Looking for help with your affiliate display media or email marketing? Look no further than the folks at Fang Digital Marketing. Fang Digital specializes in both paid and organic search, social media, display, and mobile advertising solutions, and is staffed by industry veterans from Google, Yahoo, and one of the industry's most influential PPC experts. Fang Digital's award-winning staff stays on top of the latest digital trends and offer tailored solutions so they can audit your progress and build a roadmap to your success. Learn more about their expanding range of full-service strategic marketing solutions at fangdigital.com. That's F-A-N-G digital.com. I'm John Ball, and I'm one of the founders of Page One Power. Page One Power is a custom link building firm based in Boise, Idaho. We increase search rankings and web traffic for world-class brands and mom-and-pop shops all around the globe. Our link building strategies work because we focus on relevancy and quality, and we don't outsource anything. Our in-house staff of professional writers and researchers is the best in the industry. We're the link builders you've been looking for. Visit us today at page1power.com. The Web Marketing Association is now seeking entries for the second annual International Mobile Web Award Competition, recognizing the individual and team achievements of web professionals all over the world to create and maintain outstanding mobile websites and mobile applications. Deadline for entries is September 30th, 2013. Submit your 2013 Mobile Web Award entry at www.mobile-webaward.org. Now, back to Strike Point. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back. Strike Point, you're listening to Mikkel Demipsvensen and Andy Atkins Kruger. And today we are talking about how to prioritize your efforts in search marketing. And in the first segment, we just talked about the more granular or, or high-level prioritization of things into must-haves and nice-to-haves. Um, and I was just explaining how he uses a system of a yeah, well, you know, the, the the charts where you where you list uh, yeah. the, the effect and the resources that it takes uh, to a, ma- a matri- matrix. A yeah, matrix, matrix. Effort, effort impact matrix. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it, that's actually similar um, to what I do on the next level, uh, because once we have identified the things that are must-haves, uh, and the engineers have fixed that, and we have identified all the green ones that we don't have to deal with, then we usually have maybe twenty or thirty or even more items that we need to deal with. But it's uh, 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 more of a sort of a nice to have, um, and and in that prioritization of what to do, because usually it's impossible for any company to prioritize all twenty or thirty uh, items and do that at the same time. So they they often require us to um, to come up with some sort of prioritization on that, and to do that we go back to the spreadsheet and we take all the individual points and we assign, start assigning values. And we base two of the values on the same thing that you, that you say um, on uh, the effect of, mm-hmm. of, of what uh, we want to do. So, so how, mu- how, much, how much effect is going to have if you 
change all your titles in your web shop from being just a generic title that is identical on all pages to a unique title that reflects the actual products in your catalog. Uh, I would say that have a really big effect. <laughs> um, so that would have a big effect. And the other, the other part is um, how much does it impact resources? Uh, so that was the same thing that, that you have in your system, uh, Andy. Yeah. So basically talking to the engineers or the content developers or whoever's going to be involved in, in making those changes, how much time is it going to take you? How much resources are we going to use for it? And then I have a third one uh, that is about how how much time it's going to take before it works. Because sometimes you make changes or you initiate changes that it's going to take a long time before it works. It could be, you know, link building. You know, if you start, if you've never done link building on a site and, and one of the big problems is that it's not authoritative enough, then you can start doing link building. But it's not something that's going to change uh, things dramatically overnight. At least if you do link building that way, it's probably not going to work long term for you. <laughs> but link building takes time. Yeah. So, so sure. that, that's a long time before it works. But, you know, it's got a very big impact once it starts working. And so mm -hmm. then you can go through all these different. And what we do is that we assign a value, a numeric value. So from one to five. And five is the best. So five is the highest impact the, the shortest time for it to work and the lowest resources and one of course is the opposite. So we assign these values and then we in, in the fourth column in the spreadsheet we multiply the, those values uh, together. So if if one I have um, five in the impact uh, and five in uh, how how long time it takes so very fast to make it and five in in how fast it's gonna uh, have an effect so very very quickly then it will have a total sum of 125. And then, you know, basically you multiply on the different factors you have throughout all the items. And then you can sort that list of nice to have based on that final scoring, the, the fourth column uh, with, the, with the multiplied uh, scoring. And, and basically just start from the top of that list. Or you could also sometimes clients say, okay, but resources is not really a big problem. Our problem is that we want impact. We want changes as fast as possible. And then you can prioritize one or the other of uh, the other columns. So it's a really nice system because you get a very objective system of prioritizing the different things uh, that you need to do instead yeah. of just being, being kind of guesswork. And it's probably not a good idea to prioritize those 10,000 links being uh, placed overnight, is it? That's probably not no. <laughs> wise to these days on the priority no. list. Nothing, no, nothing that's what that. That's why I say a, a thing like link building have a, a long time to um, to to complete. You know, it, it, it takes time before you see any results. <laughs> yeah, and I think one thing to add is that um, uh, one of the things that I do with the impact effort matrix is to link together things that have to be done in a certain order, and then obviously mm. the one that has to be done first you position yeah. that and everything else is tagged onto that because that's going to determine whether you can make pro progress to the next yeah. and, the, and the next items that are actually linked and depend on that one actually being in place. Yeah. So that, that's quite a good way to prioritize things. Now, back to Twitter. Geo Ranker is asking us a question, says, it seems the local carousel is taking over local rankings. <laughs> what do we think of that? How do you mean? Uh, I, I'm not sure I got it right. The Local carousel. It, I mean, Google Places basically is what is what we're talking about. Google Places dominating local rankings. And I, I, do we want to go on to that story about uh, moving? Yeah, we, we yeah we could do that. Uh, it's um, 
You know, it's 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 kind of funny when we talk about uh, local search because in smaller regions like Denmark uh, with with its own language, uh, searches have always been local. <laughs> so so local search is only something that that has really changed a lot in 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 the larger regions, uh, maybe like the UK, but especially uh, like like the US and probably a lot of other regions. Um, but in the in the smaller regions like Denmark, search have always been 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 very local. Um, yeah, I, th- I think we I think we could argue that it's hyper local and that there's a link to mobile there, isn't there? Because if if your location is known from your uh, mobile location triangulation, then uh, when you go and search for guess what pizza, because that's that's what Ed, you know this is really strange, but everybody in the world when they're searching locally searches for pizza, isn't that weird? <laughs> Yeah, but you know what? That, that's another thing. Is I, I think, I think local. Uh, I, I'm not. I, I don't. I, I don't think that the, the way that Google have implemented local uh, results is actually so bad, because what I see is that for a lot of a lot of things, as you as you mentioned, pizza. Pizza is yeah. probably the one of the most logical uh, examples because when people search for pizza, they most likely want to buy a pizza and they don't want to buy it in the other end of the country. So it makes so much sense to have a local result for that. But for a lot of searches, for a lot of the businesses that I work with, we also work with for a lot of B two B businesses. I don't see any local. Yeah. You know, if you search for for special types of medical equipment and and if you search for you know. Special banking services or financial or investment services and stuff, you don't find local. You know, when you search for dating, you don't find local. You know, there's a lot of, you know, when you, when you search for things that are either only online or, uh, or don't have uh, uh, these specific local listings attached to, to specific keywords, then, then, um, then you just don't see it much. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think what Google's been trying to do with the presentation of local makes sense. But they've done it a little bit like, um, I suppose, like their automated car. You know, it's uh, it drives itself, but there's no driver. You know, there's no controls. You can't change it very easily, and that's what no. um, apparently the you know the link between Google Plus and local is becoming stronger. And Google Plus now enables you to change your uh, the ownership of a of a business. And, yeah. But when you think about it, isn't that strange? How long has Google Places been out? Five years? Yeah. And we're, only now, we're only now in a position where a business can actually move from one person or to one owner to another. Now, how many people know that businesses sometimes change hands? Oh, yeah, I, I heard imagine, about that. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine there's quite a few, but they just they don't, they don't seem to have built the admin structure behind uh, Google Places. And I think maybe they've got a bit delayed and confused with what they're trying to do with Google Google Plus. Uh, and maybe they're now beginning to make some progress with it. But Google, we, we could really do with an admin console for, for local well, businesses. That would make things a lot easier. But, you know, by the end of the day, I, uh, what I'm hoping for, and it also seems that, that uh, as long as Google are really focused on the response they get, the data they can collect, based on user uh, responses on the different uh, ways of presenting search results and, and, and act upon that, then I'm not too, too worried because if, if local results is really the best you can serve for a specific query, then that should be it. You, yeah. know? I, yeah. I, you know, there's, there's 
there's no logic in us trying to fight uh, getting the best search results, mm. even if it means that our work as, as marketeers becomes a little more, you know, difficult or, <laughs> you know, uh, but, but, you know, that's... Um, now, just, just to clarify a point, Mikko, because Sergio Dragonus has just sent us an image on uh, the, the Twitter uh, account showing us basically this local carousel he's talking about where there are no local results other than this carousel, a bit like the knowledge, um, what do we call that, the knowledge base, the knowledge... Yeah, <laughs> so that now we have this carousel that goes across the screen instead of uh, the list that goes vertically up and down. But okay. at, the end of it, at the same at the same time, it's the same principle. It's that's that's Google putting greater sort of graphical presentation of local results, and that's yeah. good. Yeah. But but that's what Google, I mean is they they Google give, constantly give us the admin console. <laughs> give no, us the I mean, facilities to manage it. Yeah, but I mean, Google is trying out so many different uh, um, yeah. display uh, variations uh, over yes. a year. Uh, I heard something like 500 different uh, variations over the year. I don't know if that's true, but it's, they do a lot. And 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 yeah. and to my to my understanding, they they rely heavily on on the response feedback they get from users when they analyze how they click and what they look at and things like that. Uh, and and a lot of those experiments that they they conduct. Uh, don't get implemented because the responses are not good enough. So, so by the end of the day, if users really like to have uh, a carousel yeah. or like to have local listings, and that that makes the best search result for them, then um, that's what they they should get, and that's what they will end up getting. But if if it doesn't work, if they don't don't respond well to it, then then I'm sure Google's going to remove it again. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not I'm not too worried about that. Anyway, we need to take a, a quick break before we go into the last segment of this show. So um, please stay with us and welcome our sponsors. We will be back in just a couple of minutes. Sit tight and don't move. Strike point. We'll be back after this short break. Only on webmasterradio.fm. <laughs> campaigns getting more clicks than conversions then you need to sign up for conversion conferences 2013 happening september 30th to october 2nd in boston if you want to start increasing revenue and stop wasting money you ought to be at conversion conferences 2013 discover why conversion conference was selected as one of 2013's must-attend conferences by under 30 ceo and why over 900 leading companies send their marketing teams web designers and executives what's more webmasterradio.fm listeners get a 10 percent discount on their pass simply register online at conversionconference.com with promo code wmfm or click through the conversion conference banners on the webmasterradio.fm website wouldn't it be nice to invest less and convert more see you at conversion conference east 2013 in boston september 30th through october 2nd sign up with promo code wmfm for 10 percent off registration right now at conversionconference.com the largest event in digital marketing, AdTech New York 2013, returns to the Javits Center in New York City, November 6th and 7th. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get 20% off registration by using promo code NY13WMR20. Meet over 9,000 marketing and technology professionals from all over the world. Experience two action-packed days with keynotes. Education led by digital marketing's best and brightest. Hundreds of leading-edge suppliers, non-stop networking, and so much more. Plus, AdTech New York 2013 will again feature the Startup Spotlight series. Featuring startups with promising services and technologies for brands and marketers in the digital 
space vying for the coveted AdTech Innovation Award. Register right now for AdTech New York 2013 by going to na.ad-tech.com slash ny or click on the banners on the webmasterradio.fm website for 20% off your conference pass. That's na.ad-tech.com slash ny. If you're constantly struggling to find more customers, revenue, or hours in the day, Infusionsoft can help you have the business you've always wanted. For over 10 years, Infusionsoft has been helping business owners just like you find the financial freedom and peace of mind you've been searching for. I'm Scott Martineau, co-founder of Infusionsoft. If you're struggling to find more customers, more revenue, or more hours in the day, Infusionsoft is the proven solution you're looking for. Infusionsoft, the only all-in-one sales and marketing software created specifically for small businesses. Learn more at www.infusionsoft.com slash radio. Welcome to PPC Rockstars. Get ready to rumble through the latest PPC news and views from around the blogosphere. Learn from our host and the PPC pros that will take you to the promised land of PPC profit. PPC Rockstars. On demand anytime inside the advertising channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, back to Strike Point. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back to Strike Point. We are live again and on the last of the show today, you're listening to Mikkel Demip Svensson and Andy Atkins Kruger. Um, I uh, just heard some really interesting news. Um, interesting maybe more to me because I've just been there, but hopefully also interesting to a lot of other people. As uh, we mentioned in a couple of shows ago, we were in, um, or at least me and Christian, the other host on um, on StrikePoint, were in uh, at a conference in Iran. And as we talked about, there was a lot of limitations there um, with what kind of websites you could access and 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 the and bandwidth and so on, um, and one of the restrictions was Facebook that was uh, blocked and is blocked in, in in Iran up until I think it's today or maybe yesterday, they have apparently uh, removed uh, the blocking of uh, Facebook. Um, wow. So um, that is uh, very interesting because that is definitely a sign of a different uh, policy. Well, d- d- talking briefly about politics, did you hear about the? Uh, Diplomatic moves that Iran had made, with uh, the, you know what's been going on in Syria, and uh, basically the Iranians have started to have a conversation with the the uh, Obama administration, but their communication to the British government was a tweet. <laughs> yeah. So forget all the diplomatic, uh, you know, parcels and communications and everything. They tweeted to the British government that it'd be good to talk. <laughs> and Twitter, Twitter is one of the blocked uh, websites in uh, Iran. Well, there you go. <laughs> Which just makes it even more funny, uh, because if the government are using a service that uh, that is uh, publicly banned, then uh, I'm. I'm I'm pretty sure which direction things are going. <laughs> and it's good. It's good. I mean, it's good. I mean, it is because, I mean, we all had that. There are restrictions on, on, on things in, in all countries, but I don't think the restrictions should be which services are allowed, especially not, you know, services like Twitter and Facebook. It's, it's, um, well, wouldn't it be good if, it, if following on from everything that's gone on with WikiLeaks, that instead of being all secretive, that diplomacy started to take place in public on Twitter? <laughs> yeah. All of the communiques were yeah, shared be... publicly. 
<laughs> it would be very, very democratic. I don't think we're going to see all diplomatic um, discussions being moved to Twitter. I, I, don't, I don't think so, any, unfortunately. <laughs> anyway, um, I think uh, we went through or jumped through a, a couple of different issues today. I hope uh, all of you um, found out the logic behind the prioritization stuff that we talk about in the first two segments. If you have any questions about it, you're always welcome to shoot an email to the program on um, on Webmaster Radio. You can do that on the website webmasterradio.fm uh, or you can contact me or Andy or Christian on Facebook or Twitter, wherever you see us. Uh, we'll be happy to follow up with any, any questions in that um, regard. Uh, I don't oh, know... Michael, it would be great if anybody was able to suggest... Their own systems, you yeah, know, their own also, systems. Of course. That would be <laughs> now great. Now, now we were just talking about it a few things ago. We do actually also have a Facebook page. <laughs> How embarrassing is that? I forgot that. Um, <laughs> Facebook.com slash StrikePoint. So if you go to that, it's a page. And if you, um, if you uh, subscribe to the page, you will get information about the new shows and you can come up with suggestions and everything. So, of course, we suggest that you go and, and subscribe there. We do have a few uh, minutes left. I only think we got like maybe ten minutes or something like that. But I, I just wanted to to, um, to just add a little bit of thinking that I've been doing uh, over the past uh, time about um, about link building. We're beginning. Oh, it's not so new, but but you know at least for the last uh, two years we're beginning to think more and more in link building in terms of of two different categories of link building uh, that more reflects. The different options and 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 especially um, I think uh, challenges today in link building. So basically, what we what we now we we we're working with we like the companies that work with maybe we have a list of I think like thirty five different ways of building links that we that we work with, um, but we we divide it more and more into two categories. One that we define as acquired links, and one that we define as earned links. Uh, so where all the acquired links are, of course, you know, that much of the traditional type of link building going out, reaching out to get the link, basically. And yeah. and some of the acquired links can be okay. You know, it's not like all acquired links are bad. You know, there's certain directories where it's still, you know, worth getting a link from. Yahoo, uh, Demos, a couple of more directories. Uh, and, and sometimes there are specialized uh, trade directories that are really good to be in. Or maybe there's some relevant sponsorships you can do. Maybe you actually do have a good reason to write a guest article, you know, for, for, for a newspaper or something. It, all these types of links can be okay. Um, but the problem with acquired links have been over the year, especially in the past couple of years, that it's really difficult when, when, you, when you only use that approach to, to get a natural link profile. Because what you actually get is two good links, <laughs> you know. You're not getting all the, 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 the crappy, noisy stuff that is part of a natural link profile. Uh, I mean, today, my, in my opinion, it's so important that you have like the the the, the correct portion of no follow links, uh, enough links that don't have keywords, you know, so no 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 keyword links, uh, and 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 links that we would normally say these are not good links, these are not you know links that give you a lot of link value, but in order to get a natural link profile, you got to have those types of links as well, and you're not getting them when you do acquired links. Uh, so you very often end up with a very uh, unnatural link profile if you only use uh, only get links w- with acquired links uh, methods. So the other category is what we call earned links, and earned links is basically everything you do uh, that 
earn you links. So maybe you put up something, maybe you put up a free download of a nice ebook that you wrote, you know, giving the ebook away. People are going to talk about it. They're going to link to that page because it's a great giveaway. And that's an earned link. Uh, so there's millions of things, of course, you can do to earn links. So well, the we look interestingly, at- sorry, I was, I was just going to add that um, yeah. I think the, the term earned links is, is, a, is a great way to help people understand what you're trying to do with links. And we recently merged our link building team or r- rather changed the focus of the link building team with the social team. We brought them together yeah. and, and they're now very much focusing on earned links. We're finding it to be extremely successful. So um, yeah. I don't, I don't think anybody should be feeling sad about the changes. It's actually quite an exciting time because, you know, we've got a new strategy, a new way of doing things, but it's in many ways it's richer. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I, I don't complain about it at all, but I do mm. find it, it, um, it has been a bit difficult to convince uh, customers that they need to focus so much more on earned links. Because that's, that, and that was really my conclusion in, in putting up these two categories. I mean, if you look back five, ten years ago, 80, 90% of what we were doing were acquired links, uh, some sort of acquired links, which worked great for for many years. But today I would would recommend, and I do recommend all our clients that they should assign most of their resources to earned links and only a small portion of resources to acquired links. Maybe maybe something like 80, 20 or something, Uh, but definitely most of the resources on earned links. But the the problem I see with, with the companies I work with, with earned links is that it's a totally different mindset. It's a totally different way of working with links uh, because they're used to thinking, okay, how many links can we can you make, you know, using this method per hour? So each link costs us, you know, $10 or, you know, whatever, you know. So they've been measuring the value of links in, 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 in these sort of terms. And now when you come with earned links ideas, they have to make an investment. You know, let's say that they're going to give away an ebook. Okay, there's a cost of writing that ebook. They have to put up that cost. Or maybe it's a tool they provide, or maybe it's a, a, a fun competition, or maybe you know, an, a, a, or an illustration, or an infographic, or something you know that. But it costs money to produce it before they even get the first link. We've and, dis- and- we've discovered a really interesting metric. You know all these things about um, you know A class links and all these different kind of format of measurement of links we found this marvelous one that you can get in google analytics and it's called traffic and basically you push out your uh, content you try and earn the links and if the if the if that effort is being successful you do actually start to see traffic coming in very quickly which i'm not sure you can say for much of the uh, you know the um, acquired links no it's a bit more no. time with them yeah, and and yeah, but you know, on the other hand, the 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 problem with with uh, earned links is that it's a little more difficult to scale up. Uh, I mean, with acquired links, especially you know, there are there are and there have been in in history um, very good uh, methods for um, for more or less automating uh, acquired links that worked you know for a long time, and you can scale that up. I mean, I've seen, you know, people in the affiliate industry scaling things up to like 10,000 or 20,000 links every day uh, and work for them in a particular competitive industry, (laughs) but not as a general um, uh, strategy, but it worked. 
Anyway, we, we're running out of time, and the studio is buzzing us, and and Brasco is getting all red in his face, and and I think he's trying to pull us out, and so so we better yeah. Now they're starting the music in the background, but we could talk a lot more about links, and we probably should in in some of the coming shows because it's it's such a an important and big issue. But anyway, we will be back next week. Uh, next week we're going to have uh, Christian with us, um, and Andy will be back in two weeks. So um, see you next week. Thank yep. you, Andy. Bye. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.